That's very handsome. Yes, yes, it does. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. There are. Uh, no, we still probably got, no, I've got the box right here. I've probably got at least 20 left out of 20. 20. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yep, uh, March 1st was, was one year. Sure. Sure. Well, I graduated from East Carolina University uh, back in 2002, and my major was in communication arts. So it was kind of a combination of illustration and graphic design. And to be perfectly honest, when I, I didn't even take art in high school, I did take art my freshman year in high school and didn't take art after that and really wanted to go into broadcasting. I wanted to be the next David Letterman, and I just think that's the stupidest thing ever, but whatever. And so my mom really, really pushed me into art and just felt like if I didn't do something with it, I would regret it later on. So um, luckily, East Carolina had a really strong art program, and I fell in love with graphic design because I liked how cool everybody looked using computers. And I know that sounds so stupid, but it really looked like something out of 24 or some sort of like, I don't know, it just, it looked awesome. Everybody had their black uh, Wall Street uh, I don't, power books, I guess they were called. And I just thought that was the coolest thing ever. So got into that and still, I always enjoyed drawing, drew my whole life, like doing cartoons, that kind of thing. But I was really afraid that I wouldn't find work drawing cartoons and graphic design felt like there was a job for a graphic designer. So did that, uh, graduated, like I said, 2002 with communication arts, graphic design, illustration. Farted around home. I grew up in High Point. So I, uh, High Point, North Carolina. And that's not really a, a hotbed for design, but whatever. It used to be. Yes. Yes. Well, good. You should have waved. <laughs> uh, so anyway, um, I farted around for about nine to ten months and then finally landed my first real design job in Charlotte, North Carolina. And moved to Charlotte and I have been here ever since. So I worked for a couple design studios here in town for ten years or so. And finally just got to the point where I was, I, I had had children by now uh, in those 10 years. I've got a six-year-old and a, a three-year-old and really started to think about the legacy that I was leaving them. You know, follow your dreams, kids, but then daddy's not really following his dream, that kind of thing. And that, that started to bug me a little bit. And so I had great support from my wife who really, really pushed me and just decided that, kind of like my mom, if I didn't go out on my own and kind of make a name for myself, that I was going to regret it later on. So um, my wife supported me. I had a good friend, Matt, uh, pushed me as well and, and kind of was a, you know, a great soundboard. So for anyone out there that is is nervous about going out on their own or, or that kind of thing, surround yourself with people that will tell you the truth and will be honest with you. So um, that's where I am now. Uh, now I'm in this spacious room above my garage uh, where it's really cold in the mornings and really hot in the afternoon. So it's glamorous and I am uh, living the dream. So here we are.
Certainly. I don't. Well, I think I'm living as an illustrator because I say I'm an illustrator, and I think that's what changed. Um, I, I still don't think I'm good enough. I think all of us, I think people who create are always very nervous about being found out. You know, we're, we're always dreadful that one day we're going to be in a meeting or on a conference call, and there's going to be some guy that's like, hey, wait a minute. You don't know what you're doing. And then everybody will be like, oh, yeah, and that'll be the end of you. Um, so I still feel that way. And I think I will always feel that way. I, I think when I was younger that yeah, I, I felt like when I was younger, there would be this plateau or this level that you would reach where I, I don't know what I was thinking. Was there like some sort of like wizard of illustration or something that unfurled the scroll? And he was like, you have made it. You're an illustrator. And, and that was it. And then you like you are an illustrator and I never really thought I was good enough and I wanted it, but I didn't think I was good enough. And, um, I think you, if you're waiting for someone else to validate you, or if you're waiting someone else to give you value, I think you're going to keep waiting. It's never going to happen. If you don't value yourself or if you don't, um, have the confidence in yourself or your abilities that no one else is. And so I just faked it long enough to where I'm able to, you know, not be on the street yet. So <laughs> that's, that's pretty much it. Right. Mm -hmm. Sure. Sure. You know, one of the big differences of, of going out on your own versus working for a company is when you work for yourself, you've got to feed your family. And so I think that's a huge thing. You know, when I went to work for a company, if I didn't give it 100 percent today, you know, if I only gave it 30 percent or 40 percent, that's not a big deal because I get to come in tomorrow morning and do the same thing and it's not that big a deal but you know if now that i'm on my own if i don't come in and do the absolute best i can and prepare myself and and put myself in a good position to help my clients and to bring in new work my family doesn't eat we can't you know have this house and i can't have this nice hat and stuff like that so um I think that's probably the big thing is that you put all the pressure on yourself to come through for uh, your family or, or even your, you know, if you don't have a family, you come through for yourself. And that's very healthy. I think that's actually a cool thing. I like it personally. Um, it helps focus me and, and um, you know, I, I kind of like uh, having to live by my decisions. Like, I you know, whatever decision I make, I have to deal with the consequences, good or bad. And I like that. And so uh, I guess that's how I stay fresh is I don't, you know, want to go hungry. <laughs> Well, whatever. <laughs> yes. Sure.
Uh, it is. All right. Well, wait a minute. How does this computer work? <laughs> Sorry. So does that work? I just put it on. Can everybody see that? Yes. No. Oh, interesting. I got gotcha. you. Well, I just got a computer for the first time today, so this is pretty cool. Um, <laughs> so this is the this is the room above the garage. Um, I I made it black and white because I wanted it to look less cluttery. Um, but it's you know if anybody's ever seen the TV show Hoarders, it's one step below that. Um, the uh, I I got a lot of toys. Um, I I kept everything when I was a kid, and so a lot of my toys are stuff that I had when I was younger. I buy a lot of toys. Um, there's a little Lego dude. Uh, and it's great that I have kids because now I have an excuse to buy more toys. Um, but to me, I think that it's very important to like what you like. What I, what I mean by that is when you were a kid, you liked something just because you liked it. And as you get older, sometimes you like things because it's the cool thing to like. Or, well, it's what the guys at the office like, so I should like it too, that kind of thing. And I like to have all the toys from when I was a kid and all the comics and all the stuff because it helps me to remember what I really, really liked and what I wanted to be when I grow up. And I feel like if you, if you remember that and you keep true to that, it shows up in your work and it shows up as, as who you are and it, it kind of lets down the guard and, you know, I'm a huge fat nerd. This is who I am. And I, I think that, that, helps me in uh, dealing with clients. I think uh, clients who are also into this stuff, you've already got that language. Um, and so it, uh, you know, it really helps. Um, so yeah, my studio is full of toys and comics and um, junk on the wall that I've drawn and, and pictures that my children have drawn. And, um, you know, it's definitely not cool. It's just, it really is junky. And that picture is really clean. I mean, they were like socks in the way and what, it's not very good. It's not very glamorous. I'll have the glamour office one day. When you have kids that that live basically in the studio with you, there's no point in keeping it cool. So, um, but all the all the toys are played with all the time. They're ransacked. They're you know, it looks like a hot jumbled mess because it really is. Um, but I would say that for people who want to uh, who are freelancing or who are moonlighting. It really, really helps to have your own space. When you, I've got a few friends that really, really struggle with finding space to work, whether it's a corner of their room or you know, it's 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 a space that's not necessarily designated for work, and it's it's hard to get into that routine. And it's nice to have a space that's closed off that I can come in and say, this is where I do my work, and that, that kind of thing. So um, the kind of equipment I have, I don't know if you can see from some of those photos, there's some of my vine puppet things that I make. I love making weird stuff. I don't know why. It's just, I just, I guess I do it to relieve stress. I don't know. But anyway, um, the kind of stuff I have, I've got a, uh, an iMac um, 24 inch or 27 inch, I don't know, whatever the big one is. Um, I do have a, a PowerBook or what it, MacBook Pro. I don't know. I wish they would keep all the names the same. I call it the PowerBook, so whatever. I'm old. Uh, we've got a couple of iPads. I do a lot of uh, iOS development, so we've got a couple of iPads floating around. Um, and then I've got a big honking table that I just got behind me, which is, I don't know if you can see it. Let's see if we can move the camera. So it's like a big battleship. And look at all the junk on it. It was really cool like three days ago, and now it's whatever the clutter is taking over um but yeah I, I got that because i was tired of drawing uh moving my keyboard and and drawing and then having to move everything back so i, I wanted to get a really nice drawing table and 
um, you know, draw there. So. Uh, it really depends on what the job is. Um, I'm, I'm working on a project now that requires a lot more hand-done stuff that will then be cleaned up in the computer. So right now I'm drawing a lot more, so it's really nice to have that space. Um, I don't really keep track of how much I'm drawing versus how much I'm doing work on the computer. It's kind of a um, whatever fits the project I'm on, if that makes sense. I'm not really cognizant of, well, I... I drew a lot today. That's great. I just I kind of keep everything uh, as a as a flow. This is really informative, people, isn't it? <laughs> yes, I've got a. I I do have a ton of books, um, and that picture is not exactly fair. It's actually just one shot that I cropped into three different views to make it look like it was bigger than it really is, um, just because the studio is so junky. But um, I do have a lot of books. Um, I like collecting books. I think a lot of creative people like books. Um, they're just, sometimes you have to break away and, you know, go read, go look at pictures, keep that flow going, keep that flow of information going. Um, so I do a lot of, uh, I collect a lot of Disney books. I like Disney stuff. Um, comics art of so if a movie thing you know or a movie comes out with an art of book i'll collect that um i've got a lot of my uh college training was uh more fine arts oriented so i actually have a lot of uh fine arts stuff uh, i'm not very educated with it so don't don't ask me to like what's your favorite artist because i can leonardo Raphael, donatello and michelangelo those are my four favorite artists <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think books are really important and, and I love books. Mm -hmm. Certainly. Well, one of the things I did when I went out on my own, um, and for anyone that wants to go out and, you know, full time, you'll need kind of, you'll either need a pot of money or you'll need a pot of clients. Um, some bigger contracts that allow you to float because it does take a little while, uh, you know, once you go out on your own uh, to kind of get the ball rolling. And if you have a family, it takes a little bit longer. You know, you're not getting that paycheck anymore. You're basically managing a, a pile of money. So one of the first things that I did when I went out is, is to buy a mailing list. And um, there are several different companies you can use to buy mailing lists. I think we used Constant Contact, I think. I can't remember. Uh, but anyway, there's, there's several out there. So we bought a mailing list. Uh, we began to piece together uh, people that we wanted to go after. So we began to research through LinkedIn and Facebook and, and Twitter and everything, put together a mailing list to target specific companies that had clients and products that we wanted to illustrate for. So we came up with a, a promo mailer. And you know what, in the grand scheme of things, uh, I think for this postcard mailer, we ended up doing six postcards, 500 each. So we sent out uh, six postcards over a month, probably about eight month span uh, to 500 people. And I think probably in the grand scheme of things, it, gosh, it may have been probably between three to five grand. And that might sound like a lot, but it's an investment. And, you know, you, you, you need those promos, you need that investment to kind of get the ball rolling and to get your name out there. And, and you know, just having a website is not going to do it. So we wanted to come up with something, or I wanted to come up with something um, that kind of summed up what I was interested in. And I love drawing monsters and I love drawing vehicles. So um, that's pretty much it. Mm -hmm. Right.
Yeah, well, I, we we did it. Um, I want to say probably once every four weeks, um, and that was pretty much it. You know, I, coming from that world, you know, remember I was a designer for ten years, and so I had a lot of vendors uh, advertising to me, and I always hated people that you know, and, and everybody's different, but I always hated it when I would get bombarded with either you know email blasts that didn't say anything or hey look at this pretty picture and here's a link to my website and i whatever I, i'm not interested and you know that that is me just my opinion but i i didn't i didn't want to be like that i wanted to send out something very targeted and very specific um and again you have to realize when you do that you know 500 is a very small number that is a extremely small number and if you get a 2% return on a promo, that's a really, really good return. So you guys got to think about 500 people. And if only, you know, if, if one person says, hey, I got your promo, this looks great, then it's been a very successful promo. So kind of like what you said, you have to cast out a lot of nets. So we had the, the, the promo mailer going out and we had, um, you know, my website, we're on... Um, dribble twitter facebook all these things because you never know how you know who how you're going to bring someone in and it's always the weirdest stuff where i hear you know how people found me or where they came from it's never what i thought you know it was going to be so yeah that would be that would be my recommendation is you you really you can't get discouraged if no one no one contacts you you really have to keep going Right. Mm. Oh, sure. It's just, it's just another website. Um, it's not going to hurt for you to put work on there, but if that's your only, you know, if you put all of your value on one site, it doesn't matter what it is. You're going to be disappointed. I think you're going to be really, really frustrated. So I wouldn't. the The issue with Dribble is I wouldn't put a whole much, a whole lot of stock in what other people find valuable on that site. Um, you know, I think it's a fine site. I think it's great, but it's not everything. It should be probably less than twenty percent of whatever your marketing plan is. My marketing plan is the internet, so I don't, you know, <laughs> but yeah, so that's, I guess that's my opinion. Right. Right, right. <laughs> Six seconds. Sure. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. I drove a train when I was in uh, my summer job when I was in college as I drove a little train at a playground. So there you go. That's the best job I ever had, man. I love that. <laughs> mm-hmm.
Well, the cool thing about monsters is there's really no way there, you can't you can't really screw up a monster. You know, there's no rule that says a monster has to have two eyeballs and a nose and that kind of thing. So to me, it's 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 great to explore textures and kind of funky shapes and um, different color combinations and scale and personalities because you're not really worried about drawing people or drawing horses or something very specific. Monsters are are perfect for just experimenting and you know it's it's a great way for me. I like personality and I like humor and so drawing monsters is a really quick way for me to kind of get that out of my system. So Yeah, this was uh, a series of um, animated videos for cases for people um, who may not know. I, quite honestly, I'm not sure I really understand either. So NASA runs the space station, but no cases runs the space station. So somehow cases and NASA work together to run the space station or whatever. I don't know. But uh, so they launched a new website where they had these little series of educational videos and they needed this character to be very, very simple so that they could uh, animate him very quickly. So I came up with basically uh, it's a thumb with a face. I don't know if anybody's familiar with Ed Emberley, but that's kind of where I got the idea from. Um, so these are just uh, spot illustrations that were used. Uh, another animator would then take my vector drawings and then animate them out. Um, and then I think there's another slide that shows a bunch of space junk. There we go, all the different props and stuff. And anyone who's, um, at least in my experience, if you really want bigger projects or bigger illustration projects, you have to be able to show a, a range within a, a project. So you can't just draw a cat. The cat has to be driving a car and there has to be a background and he has to be doing something and there has to be all these props and everything has to be within one style. And I think if you can show that, if you can demonstrate that you can kind of create an entire world in one style, you're gonna to begin to land bigger and bigger projects. Um, you know, and that's kind of what I've just learned through trial and error. I kept waiting to get bigger projects and couldn't quite figure out, you know, why I wasn't getting them. And I think the, the lesson that I have learned over the years is you will be hired based on the work that you show, not based on the work that you want to do. And um, I think people are really only interested in, in what you can do for them. And so if they can't see that you can handle a bigger world, then they're not going to give you a project that requires you to draw a bigger world. But once they see, oh, you know, he can draw uh, characters in a scene, in a setting, doing things with props, and it all looks cohesive, they have a lot more confidence and they know what they're getting. They kind of, you know, they trust you to, to build these things out and um, so I think this this work for case is kind of uh, is an example of that. It just mm -hmm. it, it it it'll depend. It'll depend on budget. It'll depend on time. It'll depend on what. The client wants um, for this particular project with the space stuff, it was all done uh, in vector. There was very little drawing done. It was uh, we had uh, very little time to get all this stuff put together. So, you know, if you've got a very limited schedule and you go back to the client with look at these beautifully rendered pencil drawings, there's not much value to them there. They want to see, you know, pretty much here's the initial concept and oh, yes, it's also final production art. So you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Oh man, I'm terrible with names. I've got all my books over there. I, 
Um, gosh, let me see. Oh, here's one right here. Let's see if I can grab this one. This uh, Charlie Harper is amazing. This is uh, what's this one called? An Illustrated Life. Um, this is this is a guy who pretty much can draw anything, and again, is one of those illustrators that can. Here's the here's the book. Sorry. He's one of those guys that can that can create anything and and create these worlds all in one coherent style and um, I, I get a lot of um, inspiration from him. Um, gosh, I wish he hadn't put me on the spot. I should have written this down. If I were like more organized, I would have written this stuff down. <laughs> sure. Okay. Sure. I'll have to go to my I'll have to go to my library and gather names. I feel lame that I could only do like one name from this book that's sitting right next to me, but whatever. <laughs> oh, I haven't seen those. That's cool. What's the name? And those are drawn on rip. Sure. And then turns it into something. Very cool. Definitely. Definitely. Certainly. Eric Carl, yep. I'm Certainly. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, uh, I've got a friend, Matt, who I, we talk probably every day and, and he and I kind of have a very similar sense of humor. He's very good at, at naming characters. And a lot of times I'll just throw him a personality and he'll kick back a name and it's perfect. So he actually named Barry Bones and, um, I can't remember what the other characters are called. Isn't that terrible? But, you know, but uh, yeah, we like, we like Barry, but yeah, I'll, uh, I'll go to him a lot of times. A lot of times you just kind of will watch a show or watch a movie and, and there'll be a funny name and you'll write it down and, and want to use it later. So there's not much science to it. So go ahead. I forgot what I was going to say. You go ahead. I don't know. <laughs> How we, Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think a lot of kids. Oh, I mean, I I just I think that's why you need to keep multiple sketchbooks kind of scattered around. You never know when an idea is going to hit. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll just come up with silly things. I've got um, text edit documents where I'll just write something really really quickly, something that just is funny. Um, a lot of times I have Netflix going while I'm drawing, and so if I'm watching a movie or something and there's a really terrible character name, I'll write it down and. Um, that kind of thing. So, um, again, there's no science to it. It literally is just capturing whatever silly idea you have down so that you'll remember it later. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this was uh, PBS Kids was doing something around the 2012 election. So they needed, um, I think these were like digital stickers. I can't quite remember what these uh, ultimately were used for. Um, but again, this is one of those where the deadline was really tight and they needed basically jump right into vector. Um, so just, you know, you open your Illustrator file and you start laying down colors and it does help to kind of 
I actually have a color palette that I go to all the time. It's just a, um, you can save your color palette if you want to, but I've actually got a file with colors in it that I like to use all the time. And that helps a lot of times if you have already got your, um, uh, your, yeah, Brian Reed, uh, who I went to school with, by the way, so he's old like me. Um, he linked a, uh, a list of artists that I, uh, admire and I'm too stupid now to remember them. So I apologize. Um, but going back to color for me, it helps to have a color established. I don't have to worry about it. I can just jump right in and start going. And I'll tell you when you're, when you're working on a series of, I think for this one, I think there were 44 objects and that can seem really, really daunting, but a lot of times there's going to be one object that seems really interesting to draw. So for instance, like a book bag and it's like, okay, well I can draw a book bag. A book bag's not that daunting. And what happens is you kind of establish a style in that one book bag and then it kind of builds your confidence and then you build something else and then you build something else and a week later you've got all 44 done and you can't remember how you did it but there they are so mm. Mm. that's most of them <laughs> but yeah it's uh it's it's helpful when you're doing a a series like this to not worry about oh my gosh how am i going to get all these done but focus on one object and draw that one object and have fun. And that will really help establish your style moving forward. And then the rest of them just kind of fall into place. I think I think that my style is still evolving. You know, I've only done this for a year full time. Um, so I think that's what I'm, you know, when I look at that, that's what I see. I wouldn't necessarily go back and draw eyes that way. So, you know, you may see two projects on my site, but they could have been done six months apart. Um, so, you know, Sometimes you just want to draw a bird more like a bird, and sometimes you just want to draw a monster more like a monster. I, I don't know if it's cognizant. It's I don't think it's anything that I'm aware of. It 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 maybe just feels right for a particular job to draw it this way, and then we're going to draw it this way for this job just to be a little bit different, but because it feels appropriate. I don't know. Mm hmm. Mm hmm Yep. They're gone forever. They're in my heart. <laughs> yeah, this was uh, a friend. A friend of mine um, was doing a, this was years ago, uh, was doing a social media site for Disneyland. And this was, this was just a fan site. And um, this kind of goes into one of your questions you would ask me is, you know, how do you, kind of get your foot in the door with bigger clients and bigger companies. Um, but he and I were internet friends uh, for a while and uh, he was building the site and came to me and, and, you know, said, I don't have any money, but would you do this? You know, would you mind building this for me or, you know, design these characters for me? And a lot of times, and it goes back to what I was saying about how, you know, people are only interested in, in what you can do for them. And so if you want to work for a particular company like, uh, well, I guess it's not Lucasfilm anymore. I don't know. But, you know, if you want to draw Star Wars or you want to draw Spider-Man or you want to draw Mickey Mouse, you're going to have to have pieces in your portfolio that represent that skill set. And one of my dreams was to work for Disney. I always wanted to draw things for Disney and Disney was not coming to my door. I kept waiting and no one came. So uh, I took this as an opportunity to kind of design my own character. And again, to kind of build a world around him that would show off uh, some of the skills that I was working on and, and put him into scenes that 
potentially someone at Disney would say, hey, you know, that that looks pretty appealing. We might be able to use these skills on this particular project. So, um, you know, anyone out there that that wants that kind of work, this that's how I did it. I don't know if I, I think everyone's going to be different. Um, but uh, but yeah, and it ended up, you know, uh, getting work from them. So it worked out. Thanks, Mr. Bluebird. <laughs> That's Splash Mountain. That's my favorite. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I think, sure, I think people like, I think creative people like to make things. Um, it's, it's an urge that, you know, I think we all have, and I draw a lot. And a lot of times my sketches aren't really appropriate for, you know, I'm not really going to collect some of these uh, drawings and send them to a client. I'm not going to put them on my, I guess, more professional website. I think it's fun to keep them on Instagram and that kind of thing. Um, so I, I kind of felt bad because I had all these sketches and, and I wanted to do something with them. And at the same time, I'm trying to get into bigger publishing stuff. And again, you know, if you want to, if you want to make books, you have to show that you can, you can make books. So I felt like this was a, a smaller piece. that would be very easy to execute and would give me the experience of producing a book, uh, you know, a very small run, but, you know, getting the, the book printed, getting it, uh, you know, shipped out to people. What's postage cost? You know, what, how are you going to package it? All these kind of things that you don't really think about. And it's much safer and a lot less of an investment and a lot smaller risk if you do those kind of things on a very small scale. Whereas if you, if I were to go on Kickstarter now and start up with, you know, I'm going to do this huge book and it's going to cost $60,000 and I've never really done a book before. I've never really produced anything like that before. I'm probably a lot more nervous. So that was really it. There really wasn't any goal. And I wanted to sell it because I wanted to take people's money. So, <laughs> but I tell you, man, with, with uh, the cost of postage and stuff, you, I don't know how people in comics make it. It's, it's very tough. Uh, I mean, postage stuff is so expensive and shipping stuff is so expensive. Shipping uh, that little book was actually more than producing the actual book. So Anyone out there that wants to buy the remaining 20 copies, it's probably cheaper for you to just drive to Charlotte and come to my house and get it. So anyway. Sure. It's interesting. People talk about this a lot. I'm still not quite sure where the red pencil comes from. Um, I think where it started is uh, back in the, you know, I, I love old Disney stuff and all the old animators and stuff like that. But uh, in the 30s or in the 20s and the 30s and the 40s where people actually still used light boxes, I think red pencil showed on a light box much cleaner than a black line or a blue line. So I think what happened was people were drawing in red using light boxes to clean it up in black. Um, and so I think that's kind of where I could be wrong, but I think that's, that's has something to do with it. I also know that, um, you know, different levels of animators would use different colored pens. So you might have a main animator that's drawing in blue and then a cleanup artist is drawing in red so that it's very easy to see who did what on one drawing. Um, but I like, I like the way it looks. I mean, that's, that's, you know, that's the honest truth. When I draw an illustrator, I'll actually draw in a magenta line. And I've just kind of trained myself over the years that a red line or a magenta line is a, is a thinking line and not to get too bogged down in what it looks like, or, Oh, I didn't, I got to erase this line or it's, you know, black is so final and you can get so frustrated with the drawing. If, you know, you lay down a line and it's big and black and you can't erase it and then you're discouraged and you go jump off a roof. So uh, that's why I draw in red. That's that's pretty much it.
sometimes. And it, um, I'll usually clean them up. It depends on whether or not I'm showing a client. Um, and again, it depends on what the expectation is on their side. If they've got time or if they've paid to see this level of detail, it's expensive and it's time consuming, but there are people who want to see this stuff. And, um, you know, I, I don't really have a, I, I have like a bag of tricks and I'm willing to do, you know, whatever the client has hired me to do. So no two projects are ever the same. I don't really have, you know, well, it's time for me to go draw on this project. So it just depends on what, what's going on. Mm -hmm. They're all, they're all Louie. They're all Louie. You lose, boo. <laughs> uh, but this was, this was actually for a, a friend named Louie. You know, whatever. But um, again, it kind of goes back to, hey, if you want to draw this kind of stuff and you're not getting hired to draw it, then you need to do it on your own time and prove that you can do it kind of thing, so. Sure. Sometimes, you know, with, uh, uh, well, you know, if you look at that illustration, we've got all the little birds jumping around. That background was actually very carefully thought out and designed. And, and um, I think that's probably a combination of uh, Photoshop and Illustrator. If you go back to the image of the band, you know, I, I spent a lot of time drawing the band. And then at the end, I was like, oh, it looks fantastic. And then realized I hadn't put them on a, in a scene. So... You know, I think as you develop your skill set and you you kind of become more cognizant of what you're drawing and how you're drawing and how you're framing and what you're producing and all that kind of thing, you you begin to not make those mistakes of, oh, I can't believe I forgot the background. So and these drawings were done, gosh, probably two or three years ago. So, um, you know, I look at these and, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I wish I hadn't sent them. But, you know, <laughs> oh, that's fine. I think everybody feels that way. This is the help ink. Mm -hmm. No, I'm good. I just had to open the door. Everybody, my son will be coming in and it'll be like a hurricane. So we'll just, we'll deal with it. Um, help Inc. had contacted me to do a, um, it's helpinc.org. Oh, I guess I can type stuff. I just now noticed the chat window. Sorry, guys. <laughs> uh, so uh, they approached me to do a poster for them, and they've got a lot of uh, high-end designers participating, and, and I kind of felt a little embarrassed uh, participating because it's like, you know, I'm going to wait outside and everybody else can have, you know, good times inside. But they were really nice and, and invited me to do this poster, and I did – what I always do is draw monsters driving something. So, <laughs> um, yeah, there's a, uh, yeah, now that I know I can, we've got a, uh, a chat window. I can, uh, I'll link it. I will link it this time. I'm going to use the internet. Um, but yeah, uh, in, Rochester, New York. My sister lives there and I moved her up there with her husband uh, this past summer and parked out uh, probably about a block from their uh, new apartment was this RV that looked like it was filled with human heads or something terrible. So I thought it was great. But uh, let's see if we can link that real quick. But yeah, that RV actually really exists. I'm sure whoever owns that RV is a very... I'm sure whoever owns that RV is a very nice person and is not a murderer. But we'll never know. Yes. Sure.
Yeah, there's 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 definitely um, you know you you put the pressure on yourself to come up with a marketable style, you know, to come up with that product that art direct art directors and creative directors are just going to go to the illustrator store and pick your product off the shelf, and and that's what they they want. But in the same vein, it is nice to just kind of do what you want to do for a little while, and and um, you know have a diverse range of styles. Um, this is me. Uh, I draw myself a lot. It's not like a conscious decision. I just think I'm really funny looking. <laughs> but um, yeah, this is me making a Batman costume out of a bath mat. So that's pretty much, that's it. It's not very high concept. I That's a real person too. That was from the Rochester trip uh, when... Uh, and that's actually a sticker I have uh, in the store, I think. Um, but yeah, this was a real lady man that was outside of Target in Rochester. And I'm not sure if it was a lady or a man, and we'll never know. But now she's been, that, these are unrelated. Well, you know, she could be the murderer in the RV, but the proximity to this man lady to the RV was pretty far. So I, it's inconclusive. But um but yeah, I mean, I like, again, this goes back to making things and sometimes you just want to make a sticker and they do not sell, you know, I think I've sold maybe three, <laughs> but that's okay because it's fun to, to make things and to produce things and to, you know, do something on the computer and then have it shipped to your house. And it's like, oh my gosh, a pile of stickers. I'm going to do so much with this. And then they end up in the corner for six months and you sell three of them. And I will buy some queso, yes. Mm-hmm. It's an ill... F <laughs> it's, it doesn't have much funding from the government. Uh, in fact, it's one of the departments that is getting slashed currently. Um, again, this is just one of those silly things where you draw something and you're like, oh, this is so funny, this is going to be great. <laughs> and then you make it and then... That's, you know, I think I made a badge out of this. Um, and I tell you what, I pinned one on, uh, I've got a man purse that I carry my uh, computer in and I go everywhere with it. And I put it on about a year ago and it hasn't fallen off yet. So I think that's pretty amazing. It's a high quality item. It is, again, I do drink a lot of coffee. Sure. It's just poorly drawn. Go ahead. You can say it. <laughs> again, this is a, this was, you know, again, something silly. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this would make a great sticker. And then I produce it. And then my wife's like, why did you do that? And then it sits in the corner. I'm like, hey, let's put this on the car. And she says, no. So that's that's the story behind that sticker. So you can buy one and not put it on your car too. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, it is, it's, it's fun to kind of have a collection of these things because when you go to shows or you meet someone, it's fun to just give them stuff that they can then throw away later. Or not. This was, uh, yeah, a couple, this is probably about two or three years ago. I had an avatar that I kept changing every day and it wasn't anything meaningful. You know, it wasn't like some big plan. I just got bored and, and would change it every day. And then it got fun to put them in, you know, Iron Man mask or Skeletor. Or I, you know, I, I see, I see some other ones in there, like a Smurf and that kind of thing. Um, you know, no big plan, but as it kind of keeps going, this is, I think I ended up doing about 150 of them. 
and just got tired of it and, and ended the series. And it's one of those things where I know at the beginning, if I had said, I'm going to do 150 of these, I would have done three and it would have died. So, uh, you know, I just kind of kept it going. And I still have clients that'll say, oh, we love this. We want you to do this for us. So it's, you know, you never know when uh, some silly little thing that you're just doing for yourself will actually end up getting you work. So keep doing all the silly stuff. Sure. It is. Yes. And I've got a new series of the new head logo and I've done like 30 and I'm kind of done. <laughs> I'll do more later, maybe. Sure. Just, I mean, just keep going. I mean, if you want to do it, then just do it. If you really believe that you can make it and you just feel in your heart that it's like, this is what I want to do, then yeah, it'll just happen. It really, really will. I'm a, an idiot and I'm doing it. So if, if I can do it, anybody can do it. And there's really no plan. There's no, you will let the work speak for yourself and you'll never be done. The work will always be improved and you'll keep reinventing yourself and reinventing your portfolio over and over and over again and um just keep drawing and and hating your old work and wanting to you know replace it with new work that's my plan i guess Okay. Matt Bunk. <laughs> it would it would be him. No, yeah, we've got a no spec work, man. I mean, I think it's it's if you want to do a self-initiated project, a self-initiated project is different from spec work. Spec work would be a client to, to call you and say, hey, would you draw Mickey Mouse for free because we want to see if you can do this job. And you don't need to do that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, and and you know, my friend coming to me saying, hey, I can't pay you. Will you still do this? Yes, that would be spec work. But one, it was a friend. And two, I was I knew what I was getting myself into. I didn't need, you know, for that particular job, I was OK with not getting paid. And I understand I wasn't getting paid. And he didn't ask for any of that stuff. He asked for some little thing. And I ended up, you know, saying, hey, I can really do something with this. And so I just that was a lot of my own initiative to do that. So. Uh, it, it's fine to fill your portfolio with self-initiated work. And a lot of times clients dig the self-initiated stuff way more than work that you've done for other clients. Um, but as far as spec work, don't do any spec work. Stay, stay away from that stuff. Yes, 2017, <laughs> I'm not dead yet.
Oh, thanks for having me. Thank you very much. Bye, guys. See ya. All right. See ya.